what trust we're talking about too is that it's not I blindly trust the fox in my hen house. Right, that's yeah. foolish, right? Like that's that's not what the trust. I mean, like I think what we're talking about is setting up trust that has proper accountability, has proper reporting, has proper like has a number of things in place such that it holds everyone accountable to the trust on both sides in a way that's a third party, you know, uh, manager of that. Hey, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. I am here with my good buddy Josh. Hey, Eric. <laughs> And hey, boundaryless coaching. That's right. Part two. We had fun last week and we're diving in again today, diving back into it, it into today. Hey, what, what verse do you have for us? You know, I uh, was reflecting on the last week and last podcast. You know, we had talked about uh, the verse from Psalm 119. But the other, you know, the other thing I was thinking about was um, if you think about kind of the, not a specific scripture, but more the thread of the salvation message throughout scripture and thinking about from really from the beginning of the fall all the way through, um, there's this notion of boundaries that people create, right? That boundaries between us and God, boundaries between each other, mm-hmm. right? And in some ways, beginning to think about this boundaryless concept is very much this idea of reconciliation that's aligned with Scripture um, and the whole concept of reconciliation. So as I think about this, I think it's, it's recognizing in particular, you know, boundaries are healthy in some cases. But in other cases, I think it's important, which is what we're trying to push on in this, this conversation and building on last week, is um, from a scriptural perspective, boundaries are also uh, a result of sin and sinful systems and sinful chaos that exists around us. So I think it's beginning to try to assess the boundaries that exist and why they exist, and and that's how you begin to probe on which ones you can actually break down. Because mm-hmm. if you understand the reason for those boundaries, um, be it language, culture, industry, these are all man-made boundaries, yes, and they, they don't are. have to exist, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, so it's, it's about redemption and reconciliation, and I'm not going to over-spiritualize our work, because obviously it's very business-oriented, but there is some application that we can consider um, in terms of the implications for the work that we do. So what, 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 uh, do, do we have a, a specific stress, scripture? scripture for no, me? I didn't come up with a specific one. That was more of a, a, a theological thread. That was your theological lesson for the day. So you're saying trust you on. Well, I mean, you could go all the way from beginning with the, you know, the result of the fall and start with scriptures in Genesis one, and then you could go I, to, you know, if you want to go all the way to Noah and Abraham and Moses and all the way through the Pentateuch, and then we could talk about the prophets, and we could talk about, you know, I, I'm just a good reform, Psalms and I'm just Proverbs, a good reform, and, and there's someone named Jesus like who came. A Bible verse, it gets me rolling, but that's totally fine because sometimes I can become a Pharisee, and if I don't have what I think I need, then I just throws me off my rock. Well, as long as you know that, I know I'll work on that. I will totally work on that. After this episode, I'm going to read a verse just to make myself feel good. Perfect. Good. So, you know, last week we were talking about, you know, you know, you know, breaking down boundaries in terms of like, you know, outsourced employees inside and outside organizations. You know, what what are you thinking about today? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's. So many times we have to, you know, thinking a lot about just how to apply the things that we do from a business perspective to new environments, Mm -hmm. right? Because as you're beginning to search for tangential business opportunities and or in today's world, thinking creatively about um, the talent war, 
right it's going on right now is yeah, a big deal absolutely. right and so it's not just about outsourcing but even just like this weekend i was reading a wall street journal article that's gotten a lot of uh not surprisingly a lot of push on linkedin and whatnot related to a lot of for-profit companies with hourly workers building their own housing so um they're actually building again sort of housing which is interesting because some people think that's wonderful and other people are afraid that you know people are going to get enslaved to the company because then they have your paycheck in your house and what mm-hmm. happens if you get fired or don't do what they want, right? Yeah, really. So there's there's both sides to that coin for sure. But um, but I think it, it's beginning to think, you know, the market forces, you know, forcing people to be creative and think very differently about their role in the company and their leadership mm-hmm. role and whether they can influence housing or the community in some way or, you know, the industry differently or work, you know, apply their product, you know, to new environments, new customer base so tell me if this is on the right uh, on the right plane i I think back to i was writing my thesis when i was at university of washington in history and i was doing all sorts of research in the 19 basically between 1910 and about 1925 and my my last name is michelson and i had uh, the way my family came over here from norway is they were loggers well, back in the day, that's pre-union, pre-everything. I mean, people would just, my, my great uncle died in a logging accident. The other one went back to Norway and then one stayed here, the one stayed here. That's my generation that stayed here in uh, Washington State. But anyway, there were no sorts of protections for the loggers. Mm-hmm. They were underpaid, overworked, very, very dangerous. And you saw a bunch of unions kind of spread mm-hmm. out and rightfully so. Pay needed to go up, protection needed to go up and things like that. You know, the worker needed to be taken well care of. Now, we're 100 years later. Things, the work environment's way, way different. Mm-hmm. So how do we figure out when we talk, you know, boundaryless work, you know, how much do we trust employers or us you know we employ quite a few people how much should they trust us how does that work how do we figure that out what's the right middle ground we don't want to go back to sweatshops and child labor but which exists plenty of places around the world absolutely correct right but also there comes a point where i swear there can be so much regulation Mm -hmm. that business can't go forward there's this catch 20 so how do we figure out you know, what this looks like. What, what yeah. do we tell our business leaders? Well, I mean, I, I think one of the reasons we started this too was trying to probe into your experience. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, your experience working in the Philippines mm-hmm. and how you've been able to do some of that work and how you yeah. how you went through that decision. Because obviously you do that because you're able to pay those workers considerably less than what you have to pay in the U.S. Absolutely. But those workers are getting considerably more from you than they would be from the next average employer. Correct. So maybe you could talk us through as a case study how you made that decision. For just from a, to your point, what's the worth to the employer? How do they do it? And and from the employee's perspective, how do they maintain their dignity and um, That's a really good question. Yeah. And um, it, it comes out of my Christian background. And it doesn't, one doesn't have to be a Christian, but I'm just letting you know how I think of things. Yeah, from an ethics perspective. From an ethics yeah. perspective, yeah. the way I see things is it comes back to the golden rule. How would I want to be treated? Let's say I were born in the Philippines or some other country. Or even here, how would I want to be treated? And so some of the, um, if I ever have people who need to be hired here in Yakima, Washington, if they were, it was a very high unemployment, that would drastically change the game. 
Mm-hmm. I cannot hire employees here. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we keep offering more and more and more. Basically, if you want to work, you're going to get a really good job at mm-hmm. really good pay with really good benefits. We couldn't get that here. So I had to look elsewhere across the country, across the ocean. That's where I realized there are some really good employees in different countries who want to work their tail off. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it really came down to how would I want to be treated if I was there? Now, there are metrics involved and our company has to make money, and um, but it, it is a sticky, messy issue. And I'm still trying to figure it out. So I'm kind of definitely talking around this in circles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're getting at is just the... There's complexity in a business, right? You're always looking for advantages. Um, and what you're talking about, I think, is, is one particular culture or uh, cultural barrier, yes. you know, national barrier that you've been able to break through with technology. I think back to your original question around how the employer and the employee, you know, trust each other. Uh, two things come to mind. Um, one is, interestingly, union membership is down drastically it over is. the last 20 to 30 years. I've mm-hmm. seen the statistics, and they're down a lot. So clearly there's something that's emerging from an employee rights perspective that has enabled um, people to feel comfortable in jobs without unions. Either it's the type of job or well, and regulations. I would, and I would say a lot, like we, there's a lot of uh, really good laws on the books, too, that have allowed. You used to have to have unions, yeah. but now, like, we're in Washington State. There is a lot of laws in the books. I have to follow this and this and this and this. And for the most part, I agree with most of them. Not all, but most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of that um, at play. And I think that, you know, as we begin to probe these issues, you know, as, I think the other thing that actually comes to mind is, is there's improvement in technology around um, the blockchain technology mm-hmm. in particular is about, is all actually about setting up um, trust relationships, the ways that can be audited, right? And so it, it and that, and that's not particularly the way employees and employers interact, but there is an emergence of a technology and a perspective around this need for sort of a third party trust, um, regulator, if you will, it's not a government regulator, but it's more, um, you hit the, you you just hit the nail on the head and I, whether you meant to do it or not, but I'm going to, yeah. You said trust. Mm-hmm. It's a trust thing. Yeah. And when you see two sides fighting against one another, mm-hmm. e- even within the same business or mm-hmm. between a company and something else, when things go wrong, it tends to be when there's not enough trust. You don't trust that what you ask for is going to happen. And that's where you say, hey, it's not fair. I hate those words. It's not fair, but sometimes it isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what trust we're talking about too is I think what the world's beginning to learn about trust is is that it's not um, I blindly trust the fox in my hen house. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's yeah. foolish, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not what the trust. I mean, like I think what we're talking about is setting up trust that has proper accountability, has proper reporting, has proper like has a number of things in place such that it holds everyone accountable to the trust on both sides in a way that's a third party, you know, uh, manager of that. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 yeah. and, and again, it, and the blockchain is more of an analogy of that from a technological perspective. It enables that sort of um, clarity and sort of the referee role. But mm-hmm. I think the more we work towards that, we, you know, it's really like kind of Reagan sort of hit it on the head, right? <laughs> Trust but verify. And so you're setting mm-hmm. up a verification system that 
supports a trusting foundation. Yeah. Right. And now what we were talking about, you know, boundaryless, mm-hmm. you know, you know, bit boundaryless business. What does that look like? And I, I, it's funny. There's a book called Boundaries. It's mm-hmm. all about hey, let's set boundaries. Let's set boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. to the point, the the book Boundaries is is really good. Some people need boundaries, but at the same time, we don't want to be known for hey, I live in a brick all by myself because I have so many boundaries because we are built for relationship. Yeah, and I think a lot of time if there's trust, which we were just talking about, mm-hmm. if there's good trust. We can break down boundaries because like, hey, I could say, hey, Josh, what do you think of this idea? And you can be really kind to me and say, hey, Eric, um, I see where you're going with that, but I think you're off base. That would be very helpful mm-hmm. to me and vice versa. A good relationship, whether it be in business and in family, you almost don't want boundaries because we're made to encourage one another, um, help one another, and, and that's... I'm talking around it, but there's this there's this both and. Yeah, no, there's both and, and I think it's assessing the boundaries for what they are and what the intention is and what's what's the purpose underneath them and or what's the lack of trust that exists, right? I think of kids, right? Kids need clear, very clear boundaries, right? They will push mm-hmm. until you tell them where the boundary is. Yes. Right? I mean, I'm coaching a Little League baseball team, and I won't get into specific stories, but oh, I have there are a few too. kids who need some specific boundaries. You coach track and, and cross country, and I mean, kids need specific boundaries. My children need specific boundaries. So the, we do those out of love and protection, mm-hmm. right? Because they want to feel safe, right? And so I think there's a question of when boundaries exist or they don't exist, does one need to exist for purposes of safety and protection? Right. Or does a particular boundary exist because of the fact that there's some lack of trust? And if it's a lack of trust boundary, right, then those are the kinds that we should probably be looking to knock down. Right. Yeah, Establish but, trust with new different But boundaries. the way you knock them down is by establishing trust. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. But some that's how you identify why. Absolutely. If you understand why they exist, right, those are the ones you can begin to figure out. Okay, if it's because of lack of trust, we need to actually mm-hmm. build trust and build a new boundary or different ba- or remove it all together, right? Absolutely. Um, and in business, one of the things I've noticed is once there is a lack of trust, yeah. unless it can come back, and it takes two, it takes two working together. If one side is not going to be trustworthy, mm-hmm. they need to leave the organization. It's yeah. very black and white in my head because essentially, if if you're going to work with someone who's not going to trust you, you're like well, this isn't going to work. Yeah, it's not very fun. <laughs> not fun at all. And I'm like, I, I've had several great team members, employees here, and in, even in other businesses, I, I don't trust you. I'm like, well, bummer. Um, okay. And then they're like, well, why do you fire me? You just said you couldn't work with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you they can't don't trust me, you can't that. work with me. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't but work Not well. Not everyone understands that. Right. I do, you know. There's also pro- been plenty of people who I don't trust who I just don't say that out loud to them because of the fact that I would expect they'd fire me. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. You, you but it gets into the whole verification thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's an, trust is a key issue, I think, around boundaries, right? And it's, I think it's probably one of the reasons why I think, um, you know, this is one reason why companies struggle or with particular sort of formal boundaries around culture and language and, and national boundaries, and right, is, is we have a lack of trust in things we don't know. Right. There's a lack of trust in industries we don't understand. There's a Absolutely. lack of trust in um, 
opportunities we can't fully understand and suss out and, and quantify, right? So, so, so I think there's certainly, I think the key issue we're trying to drive at here is around, you know, assessing when a boundary exists or, or, and why is it there? And, and if it's a trust issue, how do you overcome that trust issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there comes a point where we do need to trust things. I mean, for example, I had a really good cup of coffee this morning and I poured it out of the coffee bag and I just made sure it was my favorite is dark roast. There are all sorts of descriptions on the coffee bag. I did not read all of it. Mm-hmm. I trusted there was dark roast that I liked in that coffee bag. So there comes a point where we cannot possibly con- go over everything. So the reason why trust is so important is so we can work a little faster. I'd still be reading the coffee bag today if I wanted to see what is in there. And But instead, I have a nice cup of dark roast coffee, which is what I wanted. So when you're working with uh, clients and you're coaching and you have a, a client who is struggling with trust, either personal trust, professional trust, or corporate trust. Absolutely. How do you help them overcome that? Well, I go into first, what are we trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Because there is a time we need to dial down on what might be off. Because a lot of times there's not trust because there's something over here that is going to derail them. And rightfully so, they should not be, they should be apprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. But it's figuring out, is that a risk worth taking? Yeah. And then back to where you started, which was brilliant. How do we verify that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's over the course of time. You know? Well, and I, and I imagine what you get into, because I get into some when I'm helping my cons- um, consulting clients, when I'm kind of helping them from a personal leadership perspective, is um, not discounting, you know, beginning with what baggage we're bringing, you know, um, without getting too much into my background. We've talked a little bit about it, but um, there's issues, you know, in my past around trust. And I actually had a counselor one time ask me, like, do you trust anybody? And I was like, well, no, why would I? <laughs> right? Because you had it damaged. So I've had it damaged so many times. Mm-hmm. It takes me a long time to sort of figure this out and still working on it but, and making progress for sure. Because um, this was several years ago and I've been working on it. But, um, you know, I think that's one thing too. Leaders need to assess their own actual personal ability to trust, right? Mm-hmm. And actually how much they even have capacity to trust a team, a trust an org, trust a client, trust a, trust a market, trust a, you know, because to be a leader requires you to put a lot of trust in a lot of people. Oh, as much as you put up good boundaries and try, try to give them good guardrails for what you're asking to do and verify it and get good clean reporting and accountability, you know, to lead an organization, you can't do all the work. No, you right? can't. And it, so it, it takes an immense amount of trust. Impossible. Yeah. And, or if, if you trust no one, you have so many checks and balances, you can't even move the needle. Right. And I think everyone listening to us, we all want to move the needle. So how do we trust others? But at the same time, you don't want them to take your entire business out. It's, and it gets, it gets messy. Yeah. How do we trust? But also you don't want someone to, um, you know, make the wrong decision. And next thing you know, they just crash the really nice car that you let them borrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where, again, you then begin to, you know, then you get into some issues we've talked about in the past around leading indicators and how do you begin to measure mm-hmm. the results of people's work, either individuals or teams, and the impacts on your customers and your operations, right? And it's about thinking carefully about the ways you're measuring the impact so that you're able to sort of get ahead of things mm-hmm. before they get out of hand, right? Absolutely. So. And I think the sooner we can engage when there's not trust, 
the sooner we could find out when that is on small little itty bitty issues, yeah. very easy to fix. Yeah. But um, to use the cancer analogy, a really itty bitty cancer that's not treated grows, 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 mm-hmm. metastasizes, mm-hmm. and gets into the entire body and mm-hmm. will eventually kill it. So yep. if you can find it small, it right. can be fixed. Right. Once it's out, now you're cutting off limbs or losing body parts for the sake of trying to curtail this thing. And, you know, so in, in terms of, you know, hey, how do we fix that? Find it when it's small. Right. Yep, absolutely. And well, and and if that trust doesn't exist, you know, keep addressing it as soon as you notice it so that you actually can recover from it versus when it gets unrecoverable. Absolutely. So. Well, good. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. What it do we is. got up next? Surprise next week? Surprise episode. Perfect. It'll be awesome, though. That's it always is. <laughs> Tune in again. <laughs> Sounds good. In the meantime, hey, go to the consultantofthecoach.com. Hey, reach out to Josh and I, or just, hey, shoot us a quick message. I want to hear a topic on this. Yeah. Or that. That'd always, be kind of fun. Always welcome to new topics. Mm-hmm. Hey, until then, take care.